mobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Welcome back to Gone Mobile. This episode is being recorded on January 6th, 2015. So I know many of you were, were wondering about the small lapse in episodes that we had towards the, the end of 2014, but you know, as, as it happens, real life got in the way a little bit for us, uh, but fear, fear not, we're, we're still here and we've got some really, really great episodes coming up um, very, very soon, including this one, so definitely stay tuned. And I mean, speaking of, of the great episodes, our, our guest for this episode is Reindeer DeVries uh, from LearnAppMaking.com. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Great. Uh, thanks for having me. No, it's it's cool. So I mean, you reached out to me, um, I guess, a few weeks ago uh, to talk about, I mean, you mentioned the, the course that you're running at learnatmaking.com. I mean, can you just give a, a quick synopsis of what that is? Yeah, it's like a course that has um, a group calls for people that want to learn how to make iOS apps. And uh, we join each other every week. Uh, to dive into some education material and to have a Q&A about app making. It's a two-month course, so it's like uh, eight weeks, um, and it teaches you uh, basic iOS development. And it can be used for people that want to make their own apps and publish them in the app stores. It can be used for people that want to get into app development, maybe get a job as a developer. Or it could mean that uh, people want to um, become a freelancer and like make money as a self-employed person. So this is a live uh, instructor-led course that you're doing then? Yeah, yeah, it's like a mastermind. So it's uh, every week uh, we get together on a call and talk about uh, development. Cool. So what inspired you to to actually pick up and start this course? Um, yeah, that's uh, that's actually a very good question. So I've been doing this for about um, six years now, and I've been a freelancer, uh, freelance developer um, uh, for six years. And um, it kind of got boring to work for uh, for clients all the time. So I wanted to uh, like uh, give some of my expertise and knowledge to other people so they could benefit from that. And I also saw that there's, uh, because there's actually, you know, the, the app store is uh, full uh, of apps. There's uh, a ton of courses out there that teach people how to make apps. But I felt that there wasn't uh, really a course out there with a personal touch. You know, you can go on Udemy and, and buy a course for, uh, for $9 um, and then learn from beginning to end uh, all about app development. But, you know, you need to watch, I don't know, 24 hours of videos before, before you get there. So I wanted to be able to, uh, at the same time, give some of my knowledge away and also um, help people to actually become app developers. So what, what background were you coming from then before, before you ever got started on mobile development, iOS development? I mean, what kind of stuff were you working on? Um, well, I, I actually I studied media technology and I'm 25 uh, this year. And if I started so 19, yeah, so I actually I started in the first year when I was studying. So my background is media technology, which is basically a weird combination of programming and art. Mm. Um, but I didn't really learn anything about development uh, uh, like officially before and just got started on my own. I think I started programming when I was 10, maybe like in basic, you know, with a very, <laughs> very small computer. So it looks like in the sort of prerequisites for taking the course, you have, you know, being able to code as a, a thing that you need to be able to do. 
What sort of skill level are you targeting for users in your course? Beginners, yeah, like real beginners. Uh, I don't think you should know any coding before you can get into the course. We, we start with the basics, you know, variables, functions, um, and it's, uh, it's like, it's not a, it's a full course that teaches you app development, but it's not, it doesn't teach you computer science. So uh, I'm diving into what variables are and why you need them and why you need functions and, you know, object-oriented programming, that sort of thing. But I don't explain everything about it for you to fully understand it, except for the, fa for the stuff you need to know to actually use it. Right, and I can imagine that's a pretty tough line to draw. I mean, it, when you're, it, it's hard with any subject to figure out, you know, what to, to gloss over versus what to really focus on for, to try and you know not overwhelm the the person that you're trying to teach and, you know, make them actually in, enjoy what you're teaching them. And so for someone brand new to iOS and Xcode and Objective C, which isn't like the most developer friendly language out there in the first place, I and mean, how do you really get started on that without overwhelming the the attendees? Well, I first start with a few examples and I uh, guide people through these examples. So they're like uh, basic apps that, um, for instance, we start with an uh, RSS feed reader. So you just download the RSS feed and then show them on the screen. And I, I explain everything in small steps and you just build on top of what you did before. And uh, at the end of each uh, chapter, there's like the example code. You can download the example code, but I try to encourage people to actually uh, do themselves what they're what they're learning, because um, you know there's you can read books about development, but there's no such thing as listening to somebody explain something, then reading the same thing on your screen and then trying that out in your own Xcode environment, and then you have like three learning types, which well ultimately make you understand what you're doing. What sort of uh, materials do you hand out then with your course? Apart from the like the group calls, there's um, uh, lots of uh, example code, and everything is explained just in uh, ordinary text. There's some diagrams that like to, you know, some sometimes it's hard to explain what a variable is when you uh, write it out. But if you make like an image and show them that's it's just a little box you put information in, then it's easier to uh, to explain. And out of curiosity, did you have any uh, previous experience doing any sort of teaching or, or running any courses, or is this kind of your first foray into into this kind of instruction world? No, uh, I taught um, uh, basic mock-up making in the, an art school in the Netherlands, Rotterdam, and before that, I taught um, actually it was a, how do you call it flash programming. Mm -hmm. So a while back, you know, Flash is not really popular anymore. Um, but we used like Flash to communicate with fidgets, which is a basic version of Arduino. You know, it's sort of like hardware. Uh, and that's I think three years back I taught that in uh, Utrecht uh, at a high school. Okay. Yeah, and like I said, it, like sometimes I feel like teaching the the very very beginner level of programming is is probably harder in a lot of ways than teaching advanced courses because in advanced courses you can assume a whole lot of knowledge and and experience but but starting the correct way right from the beginning is is crucial and and very difficult so I definitely uh, give you a lot of credit for doing that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's it's hard, but the thing is. Um, I, I did it all before, you know, as a, when I was starting out with, with uh, development. So, and I kind of remind, I, I remember that. 
And uh, also I went, uh, spend quite a lot of time on uh, Quora, like the questions and answer site, and um, to try to understand what kind of questions people come up with when they want to learn uh, development. And it's, you know, it's, it's not the questions I would expect. People, people usually start with, with the end, you know, they say, oh, I want to make a social, uh, social media app. What do I need to know? And then I tell them, well, you know, you got to start to learn programming. You, you need some, some tools, some building blocks to start with. And that, I think, opens up the whole perspective for them, that there's no such thing as making an app without doing some programming. And there is, like, uh, different tools involved. So if you start to think like a beginner developer, you start to see what kind of questions they ask and why these questions can be, like, uh, refined and, and give them more perspective in what they're learning. And what are some of the, the key concepts that you find are coming up most often for, you know, on the iOS side of things for developers, like some of the fundamentals that are, are really important to learn? Um, well, first of all, Xcode, it's, it's the only programming you can, uh, uh, only, only uh, tool you can make uh, uh, apps with. And second is it's Objective-C, but a lot of people are daunted by the perspective of having to learn Objective-C because even even experienced pro experienced programmers say it's hard. Um, so yeah, those are those are key concepts. And also, uh, I think for me, I started you know I can I can do Android and uh, uh, web development too, um, but I started out with iOS uh, because it has such a closed ecosystem you know there's only one tool you can make the app with only one language or actually uh, two these days you know objective c and swift um and all the all the tools you need they're they're in there they're in, in your screen and you can just use them there's documentation about everything so you don't really have to decide whether you're going to use eclipse or, or android studio or what kind of build tools you're going to use it's it's all there so that makes it really easy to do and you mentioned there, I mean, well, I was talking before about how Objective-C isn't the most uh, developer-friendly language out there, and you, you kind of mentioned it in passing there as well, how even experienced programmers kind of, um, they're, they're not really big fans of Objective-C in many cases. But, I, but, but it occurs to me that I probably necess shouldn't necessarily make that same assumption for someone who's brand new to all of this stuff, and that's the first thing that they're seeing. So I'd be curious to know if, if, if you've seen... Uh, or what you've seen from people brand new to programming and using Objective-C as kind of their, their stepping stone there? I, if you're starting out, I think there's no big difference. It's just uh, the biggest difference between, say, Objective-C and Java or like Java-style languages is the messaging system. So if you uh, have a variable and you send in uh, these, send this variable into a function, then the syntax is of what you write is really different, but the principle is the same. You know, your program starts at the top and it flows to the bottom, and then it starts to jump between functions. So, the you know programming uh, as as a whole is, uh, of course, it's about syntax, how you write your programs. But at first, it's about understanding a problem and knowing how to solve this problem in a few steps, and that's not different from any programming, or that's not different in any programming language in the world. Right. 
So, I mean, you mentioned spending some time on Quora and, and places like that, kind of gathering a lot of the most common questions to, to shape the, the course as you were writing it. I, so I'd love to, to dig into some of those topics if we could. Like, what are some of the most common questions and, and stumbling blocks people are generally hitting, um, both from what you've read and from uh, just interacting with your students? I think the most common question is, like I said earlier, uh, I want to make this and this. How do I start? Um, when you're learning something, knowing how to start is like the first step. But people, people never really think about uh, this starting point. They just think about the end. Um, so I think, well, maybe 70% of the questions I, I answer in Quora are about this. So I want to do this. How do I start? And then I usually tell them about the, 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 like the topics that are involved, like Objective-C, Xcode, Interface Builder, um, these days, everybody wants to build a, a, a connected app, so it's like connected to the internet, or connected to a service. So they and that really complicates things because then they need a backend, like an online backend, uh, which is usually written in another language. Um, so I tell them, well, maybe you can use uh, like Parse or another platform for data storage. Um, and other other things are like really specific. Uh, sometimes people have seen. Uh, something in an app like a, a very specific table view um, that does something graphically and they want to know where it came from uh, because they they don't know anything about uh, github uh, like they don't know the libraries that are used to make these kind of um, uh, graphic interfaces so I think what I do in Cora is to, to give people uh, some some ground to stand on you know some some perspective and they can uh, use that to learn more and learn further. So I meant, you mentioned the like the wealth of libraries and, and things out there that you can use, I, whether you're new to iOS or not. I mean, that's what most of the apps out there are built on. It's, it's open source libraries to do all sorts of nice UI things and backend things. Um, how far into that area do you go in the course to, to show off how you can maybe go to CocoaPods and pull in something? Uh, not a lot, only for, uh, for what's needed. There's um, some basic libraries that everybody needs to know, like Ave Networking uh, for like, uh, connecting uh, to internet sources. And um, I try to um, show them uh, what GitHub is about, wh where you can search for stuff and how you can find it. And uh, the same goes, for instance, for Stack Overflow. You know, on the, on the course, we have a Q&A site for, for course members where you can just ask stuff that is mentioned in the course if you don't understand it. But if you're going further and further into app development, you even, even after the course, uh, you might want to ask a question on Stack Overflow. So tell them what Stack Overflow is about and how you can ask a good question and how you can get a good answer. Cool. And then, so I mean, we've, we've talked about some of the, the key concepts that, that you you do want to teach uh, new iOS developers, um, but I would also be very interested to hear um, your experience around like what you've found that you should kind of gloss over or maybe oversimplify on purpose just to to avoid a, a brand new student kind of getting lost in the muck of some complicated topic. Okay, I don't. I, I think I don't under, understand the question. Can you can you tell me again? Sure. So. So, I mean, the, there's a lot of topics out there that you can go um, either really shallow into or really deep into. Um, and then, as we've talked quite a bit about so far, 
you know, for someone that's brand new to the platform, you might want to be kind of careful about how deep you go into something that they don't necessarily need to know. So I, I guess I was just curious about uh, if there's any topic in particular within iOS development that you find is something that you make sure to kind of um, stay very high level on to, to avoid kind of overwhelming the, the student. Okay, yeah. So um, a lot of programming these days is based on object-oriented programming, which says you have objects and classes. And um, I use that in the course, but they don't explain everything and they don't explain it before you actually use it. So first you use it and then I explain it. If you would explain somebody how inheritance works between objects and classes and, and the whole thing, they would just they would just wouldn't understand it. It's too overwhelming and it's not it doesn't really you know, you can draw it out, but it still would be a diagram with some, some arrows. And if you tell somebody you have uh, a button and then you create a new button based on that old button and maybe add like I don't know some graphical element and you tell them that this old button is the parent of the new button then suddenly they understand and what I actually when I was studying we did a little bit of programming and uh, that was really traditional so they would first explain the dry theoretical stuff about uh, object-oriented programming and they didn't understand it and then I started to work with it and saw that object-oriented programming is just a way to structure your, your code. But it's still, you know, it still starts at the top and flows from the, from the bottom. There's no, there's no magic, there's no secret. And when you start to use this, they can really see the benefit. And, you know, the same goes for uh, uh, delegates. That's something that's um, uh, very specific to iOS development. So if you have a delegate, you have um, maybe one object that is on your screen and then there's another object that's not on your screen but it kind of responds to what's happening on the screen and it has code uh, that responds to whatever is happening on the screen and it's kind of uh, saying uh, this code is responsible for for this and the other code is re responsible for another thing and that's another way to structure your language but if I explain it to you or draw it out to you, or like write it out, then you wouldn't explain, uh, understand it, uh, except for the fact if you were to uh, work with a UI table view and then suddenly see that your table view is actually on the screen, but the the, the stuff where the data is coming from, like the, it fills the table cells, is somewhere else, then you start to see that this first thing is the thing that's on the screen, and the other thing is the delegate that handles the uh, like the events and the and the data uh, formation in the table view. That's interesting, and that's actually where I was wondering if where if that's where you were coming from, because because what struck me in my head is that that's kind of the the opposite of the traditional teaching model of a lot of computer science classes and courses and things like that, where you kind of start with you know object orientation and class design and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it seems like you found a lot of benefit in reversing that and having a much more uh, or a much shorter feedback loop that kind of teaches these things a little more organically rather than um, just right up front. Yeah, one of the key concepts in, I think, in learning anything, but especially in learning programming, is that um, you need some uh, feedback from the stuff you're doing. So you need to see that whatever you do is having a, a result. So if you want to start to learn development and you uh, start with learning uh, object-oriented programming uh, design, then you're not going to get any results uh, even if you spend 
uh, a week learning this thing. But if you if you start with, hey, I got an app, let's put a button on the screen, uh, let's uh, connect in uh, a function to it and see what it does when I click the button. You know, it's not it's not um, spectacularly doing anything, but at least you're getting a result. You see what you do, and then maybe you have the interest to learn uh, to 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 learn and to understand what's actually behind what you're doing. Or if you don't, if if it doesn't interest you, you can go on to the next chapter and learn something more, something so, something visible. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Raygun. Raygun is an essential tool for every developer, helping you detect and diagnose your errors in real time so your team can fix bugs faster. Just a few lines of code is all it takes to get started, and you'll be amazed how quickly you start receiving reports from all of your apps. Why wait for frustrated users to notify you when they hit a bug, and then spend your time digging through log files? Raygun notifies you immediately and with all the information you need. Raygun keeps everyone informed, so whether you have 1 or 100 developers, you'll get everything you need to become an awesome development team. Start your free trial today at raygun.io, and make sure to thank them for sponsoring Gone Mobile. So has the course evolved quite a bit then, given you know the feedback you've seen as the times you've run it? Uh, hmm. I don't know, actually. I, I think, yeah. It's, um, I, I would have to dive back into the earlier materials I wrote. Um, but I think it's changed a bit. Yeah, but you know, I've had this feeling about learning, learning how to program and, and teaching people how to program from the beginning. That's that's also why I why I started to course that that there's a better way to learn programming, uh, learn app development. Yeah. So, how many times have you run the course so far? Um, about two times. I started with a group of testers uh, because where before I. Uh, I would like offer it uh, for, for a price to real people. I wanted to uh, get some some like fake people in to see <laughs> what they thought and uh, how they liked it. And uh, the responses were great. But the funny thing is that if you um, uh, says so this is about business development uh, because you know the the learnappmaking.com brand and the whole course it's a learning path for me too. So mm -hmm. what I learned is that if you invite people in and you don't let them commit to anything, uh, for instance, with a price or, or, or planning or like this is going to uh, take you uh, two months and then you can do this and this, then they're not going to really commit to anything so they don't learn anything. So um, the first course actually was just a bunch of uh, uh, videos and text that showed you how to do uh, stuff. But then I started to think, okay, nobody's really into anything and they just they, they start but they don't really finish it how can i keep them committed and then i started with group calls and uh, that yeah that really paid off i think that's a good way to uh, at the same time avoid people getting overwhelmed by all the uh, information you're giving them and it's also a great way to give a little introduction to add a personal touch but it's also a great way to keep people accountable you know there's other people in the course uh, there is, uh, you know, they're doing, you could say, their homework, so maybe you should too, because it's, it's cool and you can see the others making progress. How big, a, like, how big of a class size do you generally shoot for with this to kind of make sure that you keep that, that personal touch and that real cl classroom feel where maybe you, you kind of know the other students that are taking the course with you and, you know, as you say, stay accountable and, and things like that? Uh, I wouldn't say, uh, our, I think the maximum group size would be 10, 
but because uh, some of the students are in uh, or some of the members are in different time zones, we have classes uh, from like uh, three or four persons. And uh, on the other hand, I'm also doing, uh, so to learn app making is really about uh, development and learning how to program, but I'm also doing a one-on-one -on -one course uh, with uh, an app publisher. So he's not developing his apps, but he is uh, hiring somebody to develop his app and he wants to put it in the app store. And it's like the, it's like the uh, how do you say that, the uh, other side is uh, of, of the same coin. Uh, because hmm. most people want to learn development because they don't want to pay a developer to, to make apps. And uh, they also want to publish uh, an app in the app store. And most people that start with development and then learn this and put an app in the app store that they've built, uh, then they think it's done. But then the other thing really starts yet, really hasn't started until you like put it in the app store. And that's the app publishing, you know, how do you get people to use your app? And can you even uh, sell your app before you've, you've even made it? So that's that's like the other course I'm doing, and that's that's one on one because I still need to uh, figure out how I'm going to form that into a course that actually gives people a result when they have published their app into the App Store. So then, in your main course, I mean, where what's kind of the the finish line of? So I'm a student. I'm going through uh, your uh, learning iOS course. And I'm building these apps, so I build out, you know, the the RSS reader you mentioned, and and whatever whatever other sample apps you have. I mean, what is the the end goal at, at the end of the course? I think it is for people to um, feel confident in themselves that they can actually build an app, so that they have learned enough, that they have uh, seen enough tools, and like seen enough code, wrote enough code for them to build their own app. That's like the end line. I know it's kind of early saying you haven't done that many uh, offerings of the course, but has anyone come back and shown you an app that they published after it? Not yet, no. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun when it happens, and, and it'll inevitably happen, of course. But Yeah, I hope so, yeah, yeah. So do you have any plans to branch out outside of just iOS development? I know you mentioned also doing Android and web stuff um, just on your own, just in your own experience. I would never go into Android or web development because there's, especially for web development, there's a ton of tools out there. Um, I don't know, it feels like every day there's a, there's a new JavaScript frame, framework coming out. So <laughs> uh, that's... Maybe, yeah, I don't know, maybe because JavaScript, now that I mentioned it, is a great language for learning programming and also a great language. It's, it's very flexible, you know, it can be uh, uh, helpful to beginners, but also to experts. So it would be cool to, to just have a class about JavaScript and learning JavaScript. Um, and uh, yeah, the same, the same thing goes for Android, you know, there's a bunch of tools out there. Um, not as much as um, as there is JavaScript frameworks, but there is also not just one tool like Xcode. Um, and on the other hand, I see, you know, apps, apps apps have for me apps have been around for a while, like eight years or so. And there's some emerging technology like smartwatches that's hitting the consumer market um, uh, pretty intensely. So there is opportunities there for people to learn as well, but I'm also, I try to look to the future and see what's what's happening because um, apps today are really into into the, like the consumer space. 
you know, they're for smartphones, for, for ordinary people, and I'd like to see what they can do for, uh, for other businesses in the future. Maybe there's some, some learning opportunity for people there too. And you, your mention of JavaScript there made me wonder a little bit. Um, so I mean, one of the, the hotly contested topics that out there for anyone getting started in app development is, you know, what tools do you pick? Is it, do I go native with Objective-C or Swift and Xcode, or do I go with something like PhoneGap or one of these, you know, um, the, the host of other alternatives for like app development? Uh, is that a question that people come to your, your course a lot with, or by the time that or is it that by the time they get to your course, they've already sort of sold themselves on the Objective-C path? Uh, it depends. You know, it usually starts with uh, people always find out stuff on their own. So they, they actually know that there's Xcode for iOS apps and that you need a Mac and then there's Objective-C oh. that, that goes along with it. And they also know that, that um, uh, iOS is different for Android. You know, you cannot share the same code base uh, between an iOS app and an Android app. And then they obviously ask the question, okay, so if I want to make an app and then I want to um, serve the biggest market, I should make an app for iOS and Android too. So, so for both of them. And then I usually tell them, well, it depends. You know, if your target audience is only on iOS, then you should only have to make an iOS app. And if you want to target all people with smartphones, then you probably have a too wide audience for your app in the first place. And um, yeah, of course, PhoneGap and, and like uh, Cordova and all the other tools, they have a big advantage that they can, uh, you know, you can, you can build an app for two platforms at the same time. Um, but it also leads you back to a lot of uh, web-based programming languages like HTML and JavaScript. And those are, in my opinion, usually harder, not only because the languages may be a little bit harder to learn, but also because you, you have a, a bigger um, how do you say that? There's more tools available for uh, making apps with PhoneGap than there is just one tool for, for iOS apps. So it kind of, you could, with all the choices you see, you could kind of get frozen and, and don't know what you should uh, use because all these tools um, are also still in development. You know, the same goes for Swift. There's a ton of courses out there that exclusively teach Swift for, um, uh, for iOS development. But what most of the users that take these courses don't know is that uh, Switch, Swift is only uh, a few months old and with every uh, iteration of Xcode, whenever a new version comes out, uh, Swift changes. Do you have any plans on integrating Swift at all into your courses as it evolves or like maybe doing a, a bit of a combination of both Swift and Objective-C? Okay, good question. Uh, no, I'm not because um, I think any professional app developer should start or should make their apps in Objective-C until Swift is a mature language and adopted like widely um, by, by app developers. And I think a, a good gauge or a way to measure it uh, for this is that uh, today most of the libraries that are used by iOS developers are still being written in Objective-C. So um, up to a certain point, I would say it's good to learn Swift at the side um, but like focus on Objective-C, but also because there's uh, a lot of uh, people that think they want to learn how to make apps. I tell them, well, start, first start with Swift because it's easier. And if you're serious about it and if you like it, then Swift, uh, switch to uh, Objective-C because 
that's a little bit harder. So then with Swift, they can try out whether they like app development, then they can transition to, to Objective-C. But I also see the potential of Swift because it's a real easy language to learn and they have incorporated a lot of like language features that are very common in other languages that Objective-C didn't have before. So if they, if they actually, if Apple succeeds in marketing Swift to beginner app developers and experienced app developers, I think it's a great language to make apps with. And you mentioned, I mean, so you mentioned teaching people about things like Stack Overflow or maybe Quora um, and other sites like that. Like, do you, do you have a canonical list of resources that you generally try and point new iOS developers to that you find are particularly helpful when you're, you're first getting started? Yeah, there's a bunch of podcasts out there um, uh, that they can, can listen to and get a feeling for what's happening in the market from, from real people. And if they are, I wouldn't point beginner app developers to Stack Overflow because um, the uh, the questions are that are on there are usually pretty hard and the answers are complex. So um, if they're like intermediate level, I would point them to Stack Overflow and otherwise maybe ask a question on Quora. And on Facebook, there's a bunch of groups, uh, just like open free groups of people asking questions and helping each other out. and. So I would point people to there, uh, and the general, how do you say the general, like I would point people to um, the places where other people that are doing the same thing are. So if there's beginner developers in some space, I would go there because if you're a beginner app developer, it's really uh, worth something to connect with other beginning app developers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I realized that you know, we've talked a lot about the course um, and the, the details about you know what you get out of it and and how long it runs and things like that. But uh, and you mentioned that uh, that there is a cost attached to it. Um, so what what is that cost right now? So for uh, two months, eight weeks of um, group calls and every week uh, a new lesson, new material, which takes you about one day to complete. Uh, I charge uh, one ninety seven dollars. And after that, you can stay on uh, in the uh, Q&A site for, um, I think, about $39 a month. Okay, that's not bad at all. Um, so, I mean, do you end up with, uh, do, you, do students get videos or anything like that? Or is it really just the, the courses as you take them and then whatever notes and apps that you build as part of that? Um, and then whatever I get, and then the access to the Q&A site afterwards? Yeah, the, yeah, well, they get access to the Q&A side uh, right away, of course. And then there's the, um, uh, the group calls. I um, usually record them to, uh, for, for like future material, future references, good questions, that sort of thing. And every lesson has an introduction video, but we usually also look at, the, uh, like, like look at the, the parts that are in the lesson when we have the group call. And other than that, there's a... a uh, large, uh, a lot of material um, on the site itself. You know, everything uh, that you're going to do is explained pretty well with like uh, source code examples and uh, just uh, comments. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, did we miss anything about the the course specifically that that you want to make sure we cover? <laughs> no, no, really. I think we covered it pretty extensively. Extensively. Yeah. That's uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, on that note, 
Do you have any any parting advice for someone who's uh, just looking to get started into iOS development, just looking to get their feet wet and, and see what it's all about? Yeah, I would say um, uh, try out Swift. You know, there's uh, a bunch of small tutorials on the net that show you how to make a small uh, example app with uh, with Swift. Um, other than that, uh, you know, uh, ask me a question on Cora. Maybe I can help you out. And um, uh, then, if you're, you know, if you tried to like little Swift course, uh, see if you can find your own learning style. You know, maybe it's better for you if you learn from a book, or maybe it's better for you if you learn from a video, or maybe it's better uh, for you if you learn with a person uh, or with other people. And then try to find uh, some something that can help you further, uh, like um, uh, courses on Udemy or maybe some YouTube videos uh, or maybe even my course. All right. Well, I think that's, that's good advice for everyone. But uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. All right. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile.